This man is uh, an incredible friend of our church, an incredible friend of my parents. I know that he's been a huge support for them, not just over the last couple of years, but over the last like 10 years of this church. Um, he is part of the exec- state executive in the ACC. Um, so he's, he moves apostolically, I think, part of the ACC. So he kind of helps oversee my parents. And I know that he's yeah been a huge support. Um, my parents love him and they're really honoured and glad that he's able to preach this morning while they're away. Um, but yeah, so please, everyone from Melbourne Life, give a warm welcome to Ian Krutov. Ian Krutov. Very good. I just uh, like the last part of the introduction there. It was great that, that uh, your pastors, Brahm and Diane, love me. I'll just live, I'll work with that, you know. That's, that's a really good place to be. And uh, I understand that they are watching today. They've been watching and listening. Hello, Brahm and Diane. If you waved, that's very strange because <laughs> we can't see them. <laughs> Well, it's good to be uh, with you. Uh, I just want to, uh, my prayer has been that I just do you good today, you know, as a church. That's my heart. I, I don't want to come and preach a sermon for the sake of preaching a sermon. I'm in a different church every Sunday. I love the church and all the expressions of the church. Some churches I feel more at home in than others, and I feel at home here, even though it's a couple of uh, years since I've been here, and so it's just good to be with you. I want us to look at a big picture today, if we could. Is that okay? Sometimes when we get into a message, uh, we, we, we deal with, uh, you, you know, the felt or real needs that we might have for the day, and that's great because God cares. But today I'd like us to just pull back uh, a real long way, you know, beyond, uh, beyond the size of our phone. Just pull back. Pull back, you know, beyond the issues of the day and the things that we're planning and just look at things on an epic scale. Look at things at the big picture. Uh, uh, Look at the meta-narratives of life, the big stories of life, if we could, yeah, you know? And, uh, of course, we find ourselves, uh, you know, at a good time to do that. Uh, Tomorrow is the culmination uh, of some power plays, uh, tomorrow is the culmination when we discover who rules, uh, and, and uh, so it's a big day. If you've been watching Game of Thrones, you'll know that. <laughs> now, I've never watched it, but you'd have to be uh, living under a rock not to know that it's on all, all, all of our um, uh, you know, TV and uh, uh, promotions and, and social media has been going on about it, right? And it's about an epic scale. But then, of course, we also have the Australian elections, which, again, is also a big picture uh, that has occurred. And uh, and, uh, the culmination may occur tomorrow. But I want to talk about the fact that uh, in the midst of life, we need to be aware that there is an even bigger picture, that there is the real Game of Thrones that is going on at the moment. That power and authority, rebellion and redemption, the big words, the big picture words uh, that humanity lives under uh, are real and that there is an eternal game of thrones that involves us, that is being played out. 
And so we ought to step back and consider the big picture sometimes, yeah? Because the big picture can help us to orient our lives. The big picture can show us where we are in the big picture uh, and where we don't get lost in just the minutiae and the small things and yet the important things that go on around about us. And so there is a throne. It's not an iron throne, but it's a celestial throne. John, who wrote the book of Revelation by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saw a throne standing in heaven. In fact, he says, the door of heaven was open and the first thing that I could see was the throne of heaven because the throne is central to heaven. The, when, we, when we look at chapter 7, we, we discover that there are those who are before the throne and, and those who are around the throne and the, and the one who is on the throne. The throne is just central to heaven. We find that in the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation, which looks into the heavens, we see that the throne is mentioned 14 times in 11 verses. It's central. And, and of course, it's about the one who sits on the throne. We understand right through the scriptures that the throne is central. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 4, uh, Isaiah says, In the year King Uzziah died, uh, I saw the, the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and his train uh, uh, filled the temple. His glory filled the temple uh, everywhere. And, and, and we see in the scriptures that the people who got a glimpse of the throne of God, and we understand that heaven is, is, is a spiritual dimension. God is spirit. Uh, angels are spirits. Uh, we, we understand it's a spiritual dimension. Can't, can't be seen with natural eyes, but when God opens the heavens to let people see, he gives it a physical form to be a representation of reality. And so when we, when we see the throne, we see it uh, as a throne far above the thrones of this earth. We, we see it described as, 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 as being adorned with, with, with great uh, uh, jewels that uh, sparkle uh, in all the colors of the rainbow. In fact, we're told that, it's the, the, that because of the glory of God, because of the light that sits upon the throne, that, that as it, as it go, filters through all those different gems, it's like it's a rainbow throne. And all of that is about to describe the majesty of it, the power of it, the authority of it as being greater than any throne that is on the earth. But the focus is he who sits on the throne. The throne of God is the reigning center. It's the ruling center of God. The Bible tells us in Psalm 103 verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over everything. Has dominion over all creation, over all angels and living things in the heavens, over the devil and demons, over nations and governments, over human history. And, and everything works to his timetable and his purpose. In this Game of Thrones, there are three houses. Not like the TV one. God, man, and the devil. God has his throne. The devil and man want their own thrones. If it means taking God off the throne and his laws out of their life or his spirit out of their conscience or his ways out of their days, then so be it. Give me my throne. 
just going to go get my throne. Everybody wants authority. Everybody wants to be able to call the shots. Mostly it's out of our insecurities that we want to try to create a place of security. But ours is just a pretend throne. It's a cardboard throne. It's not a real throne. But we sit on it. I don't like you. I like you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to exclude you. I'm not going to exclude you. I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to forgive. I'm going to give. I'm going to withhold. We sit on this petty throne. And, and, and try to take control of our life that is so often out of control. It's a pretend throne. It has no real power, but it has real consequence if we sit on it. Are you with me? But man doesn't really have a throne. He's either the servant of God or the slave of the devil. That's what the scriptures say. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or slaves to obedience, which leads to righteousness, it's who you bow to that you serve. And by sitting on your own throne, you do not bow to the throne of God but to the one who has the throne behind. It's the throne of smoke and mirrors. It's the devil's throne. It's just smoke and mirrors. He has no authority except that that which he can achieve through lies and deceptions. It's all smoke and mirrors. There's only one authority, and that's God's throne. But, 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 but he, through his lies... Jesus said he's the father of lies, and he's the deceiver from the beginning. And so he manipulates and controls, and people bow to him. They think they're not. They think they're sitting on their own throne, but he's the power behind their throne if God is not the throne. That's what the Scriptures teach us. See, Lucifer, who was the devil, but Lucifer had authority in heaven. Lucifer was the worship leader of heaven. Lucifer was the archangel of heaven. Lucifer was given all authority in heaven. Except for one, he could not sit on the celestial throne. But he wanted it. And Isaiah 14, 13 to 14 uh, tells us of his heart. For you, Lucifer, have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. Because he wanted his own throne. He was given all authority, but he wanted his own throne. And the consequence of that was, bam, you're out of heaven. Bam, you've lost your authority. Bam, you're out of your position. If you're not prepared to be under authority, you cannot have real authority. Park that for a minute. If you're not prepared to give authority to the throne, you'll never receive authority from the throne. 
And while we sit on our own thrones, that's impossible. And so we see the devil, Lucifer, thrown out. That's the consequence. Man also tried to usurp God's rule. God gave him dominion over everything. He said, over everything you can have dominion. Over, over all the earth and the creatures of the earth, you can have dominion. Except for one thing. You cannot eat of the tree of the, good, of the knowledge of good and evil. You cannot have final authority. The tree was to remind them that there was a greater authority. But, but the devil tempted them and said, set up your own throne, decide what goes. You be like God's. Genesis 3, 5, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And the consequence of that was, bam, out of the garden, gone, cast out and lost their authority. Because if they're not prepared to live under authority, they can't have authority. What in all of his dominion does God not share? When he gave Lucifer all authority in heaven, when he gave man all authority upon the earth, what, what, what is the one thing that he does not share? He does not share the right for any other being to decide what is right and wrong and good and evil. That belongs to God. He's a final authority. He says what goes and doesn't go. He says what's good and what's not good, what's evil and what's righteous. That's his domain. And as long as we live under that, we have authority. But when we step outside of that, we lose all authority. We lose ethical authority, moral authority, righteous authority, exemplary authority, when we try to decide what's morally right and wrong, what's righteous and sinful. Every kingdom has the sovereign right to decide what its laws are, yes? Uh, destroy the laws and you destroy the, the rule of law and you destroy the kingdom. The Bible says in Job 25 too, dominion and all belong to God. He establishes order in the heights of heaven. And, and the rule of law enables men to live in peace. The rule of law enables men to live in prosperity. The, 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 the rule of law enables men to live in security. The rule of law, uh, uh, even in a natural sense, will we'll give confidence for companies to invest, uh, for justice to prevail, for families to flourish, for it to be good for us. When, when the rule of law goes out the window and anything goes and it becomes subjective, then confusion reigns and there is no security but only insecurity. And so the law of God and the reign of God and the throne of God is good for us. The Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. This is what flows from the throne. But when men no longer acknowledge God as the sovereign lawmaker, then decay is the consequence. Romans chapter 1, are we getting a big picture? Yeah. Romans chapter 1, 
uh, tells us there, for all, although men knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And as a consequence, it goes on to say that they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed and depravity, from murder to dishonoring their parents. When we no longer have authority and yet desperately try to have authority, what a mess we make. The, the, the game of thrones is the greatest war being fought in both the physical and the metaphysical and even in the spiritual realm. Man and devil want to usurp the true throne, uh, the right to make our own moral laws, run our own lives. But we, we are not righteous nor wise enough. The Bible says that there is a spirit of lawlessness that works in the earth today. It's called the spirit of Antichrist. It's, he's called the lawless one. And, and, and he's given the title the man of lawlessness because it says in the Bible he will oppose in every way the biblical God and his law. He plans to take his seat or, or his throne in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. So, so this spirit of lawlessness is, is at work today. And you look at history and the wars and the strife. Not long, not long ago we celebrated Anzac Day. It's because a man called Hitler wanted a throne uh, and, and, and others in those wars wanted thrones. And so, so they hurt people and, 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 and they tried to usurp authority. Syria today and Al-Assad and ISIS and, and people want thrones and they justify what's clearly evil as being good. On the micro level, we do the same and we hurt and are hurt. And in the world today, this spirit of lawlessness comes from the devil who, who, who is called the God of this world and who invokes the spirit of this age, Paul says. It's a zeitgeist. It's a German word that means the spirit of the age. The worldview that prevails today. The God of this world, the Bible says, has blinded the eyes of people so they should not see the truth. And how has he done that? He's established an alternative belief system that will not accept truth, that will not accept authority, Today we call it postmodernism. I understand now we have post-postmodernism, but basically most people are influenced at the moment still by postmodernism. Our media, our social media, and every other kind of area is influenced and peddles postmodernism. Basically, what, what that means is that there's an attitude or a skepticism and a rejection of the historic big picture truths about God and eternity and heaven and hell and judgment and reward. Postmodernism targets the notions of, of objective reality and morality and truth. If it sounds reasonable, it must be right, it says. If, if there's tolerance at the heart of it, how can it be wrong, it says. Truth is what you feel. Truth is what you construct. Because you're sitting on that throne and you can do that, can't you? 
Postmodernism puts man on the throne. They, they live with a new beatitude. Blessed are they that tolerate everything, for they shall not be made accountable for anything. Right and wrong, good and evil, light and darkness no longer exist. Those who hold principles firmly grounded in truth are considered legalistic. Non-negotiable doctrinal convictions are viewed as unloving, intolerant, and archaic, and even unenlightened. People who remind other people of the big picture and of God and judgment and sin are derided. Israel Folau, Gary Ablett, they weren't wise, but they weren't wrong. So persecuted they the, the prophets who came to give people God's big picture. Because we want to decide what's right and what's wrong. We want to sit on the throne. We decide. Not the courts, not the football umpires, not the governments. The corporate sponsors do because the dollar talks. In Isaiah 5.20 it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. But we do it constantly and people cheer. We're not the rulers. We're the pawns in the game, friends. Counterfeit thrones produce counterfeit lives. Not how God designed them. It's only when we're under God's authority that we have true authority, where we live fruitful lives, where we can speak with confidence, act with convictions, walk in assurance. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like the tree that's planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. That's the promise that God made in the beginning when he came to Adam and Eve. He said, I give you all authority so that you can be fruitful. You got to take dominion to bring forth fruit. The farmer's got to do that. He's got to take dominion of the field. We got to do that in our lives, take dominion, take authority, and then there's good fruit that can come from that. And so God gave, gave man the right to that because he, he wanted him to have authority so that he could have fruitfulness. But it was authority that had to be under his authority, not outside of his authority. To, to, to these people who are, who are studying the Word of God, the law of God, and walk in them and not according to this world, the throne of God suddenly takes on an amazing new look. And we see that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, where it says, we can come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. The, the, thro- the, 
the throne of authority is a throne of grace. It's, it's, a throne, it's a throne where God wants to give. He wants to give us authority. He wants to give us the, the, the ability to walk uh, as rulers in this life. He wants to do that. But what He requires is that we give authority to the throne, that we recognize the authority of the throne. Then He gives the authority of the throne. Recognize the authority of the throne, and He gives the authority of the throne because He is gracious, because He's merciful. That's what the Bible tells us there. It's a great thing. It's an amazing thing because He who established the law can forgive the breaking of the law, and only He who established the law can forgive the breaking of the law. When we forgive ourselves and try to justify ourselves, that's not true justification. But, the, but our throne wants to constantly justify our actions and ourselves. But it's only God on His throne that can truly justify the breaking of the laws of the kingdom. And so we come to Him and we give the throne that authority and, and, and come to Him and confess our sins. And then He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, put us back into a place of authority and right relationship with Him. God is amazing. See, see, and He's willing to do that. We have to topple our thrones. and come to Him. His grace allows us to come back to Him even though we've broken His law. But His grace does not change the requirement to come back. That still needs to topple the throne. His grace allows us to come back, but it doesn't change the way we come back and the way that we live. God made man to exercise authority. God wants to give authority for fruitfulness of our life, but we need to acknowledge the authority of heaven. The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, so we bring it into the macro picture. When a nation bows the knee to God, when then the, the righteousness, God exalts that nation, gives it authority again. When, when a nation doesn't recognize God, the authority is taken away. It might take a few years, but you see that it happens. The authority of leaders is taken away. And the nation is without direction. Now, it's righteousness that exalts a nation. It's not the fiscal policy of the party that's ruling. That's just swings and merry-go-rounds. Regardless of who you voted for, I'm thankful that Morrison is a Christian and the, the deputy leader of the Liberal Party is a devout Jew. And I'm hoping that the Judeo-Christian influence and not the fiscal policy will bring the blessing of God. Albanese appears to be a decent man and so I hope for better times. But in the words of Peter Costello, if you remember back when we used to have real surpluses, he says, don't trust in princess, don't trust in reputation, don't trust in money, 
Trust in the blessing of God who truly rules. Jesus taught the prayer, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. We have to abdicate off our thrones. What does the throne want? And then we bow the knee. We get up from our throne, we go to his throne and we say, what does the throne want? Sometimes it's tough. And a lot of us go back and go back to our own throne and say, I like this better. I like this easier. But if we're prepared to bow the knee to the throne, we receive the authority of the throne to be able to do what the throne asks us to do and to know the fruitfulness in our life. So when Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, we understand that one day his kingdom truly will come to earth, though it is here today already in our hearts, but it will be established there one day and we will all stand before him, great and small, kings and servants, angels and demons, devil and man. He's the judge one day. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. When the thrones of the kingdoms of this earth will topple, when the thrones of nations and philosophers Philosophies and strongholds and religions will fall. Romans 11:15. the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. 1 Corinthians 15, 24, then comes the end when he, that is Jesus, delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and every power. His throne stands eternally. He's going to set up two thrones when he comes to the earth. He's going to set up the great white throne to judge the earth. He's going to set up the beamer throne to bring rewards to people. When, if we in this world hold to our throne, we'll stand before the great white throne, the judgment. But if we in this world topple our throne, we'll stand before the reward seat of heaven. He who wants to save his life will lose it, but he who is prepared to lose his life will save it. Is the big picture teaching of Scripture. They that seek to gain their life will lose it, but those who lose their life will gain it. It's time to let God back on the throne. In the heavens, we see the throne of God, but we see thrones around the throne of God. God wants people to sit on thrones and to rule and to reign. but they acknowledge the throne. And in the heavens, you'll see that the elders who sit on the thrones, they stand and they come to the throne. They take off their crowns. They throw them at his feet and they bow before him and acknowledge the throne. 
Brigadier Jim Wallace is a friend of mine. was the brigadier in charge of our special air services, which is the elite soldiers of our nation. He was in line to become uh, the chief of defence force. And uh, one day he was sitting in church and his pastor was preaching on that sermon of taking off the thrones and throwing them before the throne. And he said, God, I take off my throne and I throw it before you. What does the throne want? The nation wants to make me the chief. People will open car doors for me. They'll prepare my meals. They'll open doors for me. They'll salute me wherever I go. What does the throne want? And he resigned from that position. And he just, and, and he created the Australian Christian Lobby so that he could lobby politicians for what the throne wanted, for the ethics and the morality of our nation. He never took a wage. People didn't open car doors for him, prepare his meals or salute him. But what did the throne want? That was his main thing. I'm going to abdicate, friends. Every day I need to abdicate. Life's too complicated. I can trust God enough to do it his way. I fear God enough to do it his way. I love God enough to do it his way. I will not play the game of thrones, but I will abdicate. Revelation 5.13, would you stand with me, please? And here is John, having witnessed the amazing revelation of Jesus Christ, an insight into heaven where the throne stands. And he said, and I heard, heard every creature in heaven, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying this, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Unto him be all authority and power and honor and glory forever and ever. In the big picture, friends, we have to be reminded that we cannot set up a throne, but it must be toppled daily. Acknowledge the authority of the throne and receive the authority from the throne to live the life that you are called to live. I wonder each one in your heart this morning, if you would lift your head to him, bow your hearts to him, whatever expression we want to make, lift our hands, and just in your heart, God, I acknowledge your throne. God, I bow to your throne. God, I bow to your will. Mm -hmm.
What does the throne want? I acknowledge it. Give me the authority from your throne to live that way that you have called me to live. I align myself correctly again right now. I'm sorry if I've stepped out from under your authority. I step right back in now. I bow the knee. I will not be stiff-necked, but I will bow my head to you so that I may receive the authority from you to live a fruitful life, a fulfilled life, moral authority, ethical authority, righteous authority, authority in my home, authority over my spirit, authority in spiritual realms. It's where I want to live and acknowledge him. God bless you today. As we get ready to give the benediction, amazing, incredible message. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. Such an incredible reminder of the big picture. That's exactly where we are. And just standing there, it it reminded me of, if we can't think of a better example, we have the example of Christ. Because Jesus came under the authority of his Father and operated out of that authority. He never gave his own agenda. He never gave his own motive. He always spoke on behalf of what the Father wanted to the point where he became obedient unto death, which is the death of the cross. So that is our everyday Every single day we pick up our own cross and we follow Christ and we deny ourselves. So we have to topple our own thrones to receive the authority from the true throne so that our lives, just as Jesus was, can be fruitful. And we all want fruitful lives. So I just close with the benediction. Father, I thank you for this message and I pray Lord for every one of us Father that we will humble ourselves before you because only you reign only you have all power only you have all authority no matter what this world looks like no matter what we see with our own natural eyes no matter what it seems to be who's in charge or who's in power only you have all authority so we pray Lord that we We will allow you to rule in our hearts in every area, Father. We dare ask the question, what do you want, God? What do you want to see happen in us? And we surrender every ambition, every idea, every thought, every motive, every agenda we have, every dream we have, Lord. We surrender it to you because if we receive your authority, we will be fruitful. We bow to you, God. We pray for this nation, Lord, that this nation will will be exalted by your righteousness because only your righteousness can exalt a nation. And for whoever will be in authority in this land, Lord, we pray we will make that commitment to pray for them 
that they will have wisdom, that they will have your wisdom, that they will have your grace, that they will understand what it is to bow to you, and that your agenda will have full authority and full reign. You reign, Lord. We thank you, Father. We pray your grace and your benediction on everyone here today. In Jesus' name, amen.